Along with individual experts, Surgeon Masters brings you life improvement strategies in 10 minutes. These proven principles and strategies are easy to learn and can be applied immediately, allowing you to practice your best. Here's your host, Jeff Smith. Welcome, everyone. On this episode of the Surgeon Masters mini podcast, my guest is Leah Weiss, researcher, lecturer, consultant, entrepreneur, and author. She teaches compassionate leadership at the Stanford Graduate School of Business and is also a teacher and a founding faculty member of Stanford's Compassion Cultivation Program, conceived by the Dalai Lama. Like many of us, Leah has many other roles she fulfills. Leah, thank you for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. It's great. So I love uh, all the things that you're doing, and I want to, you know, bring you to our audience. I know you deal with physicians in in the groups that you deal with, you know, some somewhat less, but we're definitely uh, uh, have some similarities with the folks that you deal with, and we're definitely in an industry where compassion is so important. I don't know that we are struggling as much, although that might be an issue with our compassion to others, but I think there's a little bit of an issue of the concept of self-compassion. Well, I appreciate the framing, and um, you know, it's interesting, growing up with a surgeon father um, was one of the reasons uh, that precipitated my interest in compassion training, and as it intersects with burnout, and, you know, I'm, I'm working with my sister, who's a surgeon now. We're halfway through a six-month master class uh, for women docs. And it's been a great opportunity to take a deep dive and hear much more about a variety of perspectives. You know, one thing that I hear when I work in hospitals um, or in this group is often it, the challenge is not really with you know, compassion for patients. It, it, it strikes me that um, docs are well-equipped and have a, a ton of that, but frustrations more creep in with things like staff or procedures or reimbursement or EPIC and those kinds of the healer bureaucrat kinds of uh, tensions. But I also, you know, in doing this work in healthcare for some time now, it does strike me that the self-compassion is a really important starting place. And I think particularly when the external environment, you know, we all rely on you as doctors throughout our lives. And there's going to be some day where you will give us news that will change our lives or our loved ones' lives. And I think seeing the amount of um, pressure that, you know, physicians in particular get there's you don't get to have a cliche like fail fast like people in tech do because we as your patients are not willing to accept the fact that you're human and you can't impact all outcomes you're not god and also humans make errors and the kind of second victim um dynamic is um you know, I think it's probably really tough for you all to talk about amongst yourselves, let alone with outsiders. So I, I, I agree with you, Jeff, that this is an area that seems really important. And I don't come to it from the perspective of saying, here's what you docs should do. It's more from like um, being humbled by what you all do on the regular and wanting to support you so you can stay healthy and happy and have sustainable careers and family lives. 
Well, that's fantastic. And and I'm going to cut the chase and just kind of say, and you may be seeing this with your family members or with definitely a lot of other people's, but I definitely, when I first started hearing and talking about some of these different subjects, I just said, but wait, self-criticism is how I got to where I am. Like I had a not good enough mentality and that just always drove me to getting to the next level. It got me into medical school, got me into difficult residency. And that's how I thought I got to my point. And I look back and I'm not sure, but I think that worked for a while, but now it's not working so well. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that frame you're putting on it because I think it really does cut to the heart of the matter. This question of how has self-criticism functioned in the past? And also, is that a sustainable performance model? And if not, what might the alternative be? Because certainly as docs, <laughs> there's not the option for you to lower your standards. That's not going to be possible in your line of work. So it ha- whatever the solution is has to allow for the fact that you need to have realistic growth-oriented appraisals of what's not working well. And I think the piece that we really should be emphasizing is the research and practice of self-compassion and how that can come in as an aid to a more sustainable way of having excellence, yet also a humane relationship with yourself. And I don't want to get too technical, but nuts and bolts, like what is the research about compassion? Tell us. Yeah. So to zero in on the self-compassion for the sake of expedience, I would say the top line is self-criticism promotes rumination, anxiety, depression, procrastination, And when you introduce self-compassion as a training in habitual response, what you get is a greater ability to kind of execute on a growth mindset. You get more able to look for what needs developing or growth and take difficult feedback. And it's a training. It's something you can get better at, just like you can get better at any other number of skills. So... Kind of in steps, and again, just because uh, I want our listeners to kind of get a clue, and they can get more information later by directing them toward you and your book and things like that, but what are like the basic steps? So the first thing that I would invite you to look at as a listener, and this won't require you to start an elaborate meditation practice, although I'm happy to talk about that with you at some point if you want to. Paying attention in your daily life to where does self-criticism come in, what often people have kind of habitual or scripts that, you know, can be developed early in life and then just kind of keep repeating on autoplay, finding what your scripts are, finding what the common triggers for this um, kind of self-criticism cycle. And then once you've identified that, just really trying to look with an objective eye, does self-criticism prompt you to take action, to improve, to learn, to grow, or does it beat you down and exhaust you? And so really just like my encouragement would be to take this as a research project with an N of one. So you're not going to get a p-value that's meaningful, but the data is going to be completely on point for you because it is you that you're studying. And for a couple days or a week, log 
where you see the self-criticism coming in and what behavior does it precipitate once you start engaging in it. That's awesome. And I'm going to just, again, for the brevity, because they'll get more information, repeat the basic two steps for our listeners. So as you move through your very busy day, notice the places where self-criticism habits are initiated. And then what the loops, the feedback loops, what kind of language you're using, because you'll detect themes. And then what does it lead you to do? Does it lead you to grow, to engage, to seek information? Does it shut you down in some way or exhaust you or make you go numb or suppressed? Just get as much clarity as you can about where is the self-criticism, what does it look like, and what does it lead to? Well, thank you so much. That's awesome. I'm going to repeat it one more time. Where is self-criticism showing up and what actions does it lead to? And we'll give you some clues on some other steps later. Thanks so much, Leah. Awesome to have you. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk. There you have it. In less than 10 minutes, this is Jeff Smith along with Leah Weiss. Until the next episode of Life Improvement Strategies for the Surgeon Who Wants More. Ciao. Now, take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.